For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. We're kind of calling it Five Off the Floor for the time being. I'm Ethan Skolnick. I'm going to be joined today by Alex Toledo. Make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com. It is a totally free website. We didn't have a paywall even before this coronavirus crisis. So you can go to that website, get all your sports news. We've got a ton of Dolphins content that actually, once I get done with this podcast, I got to take a look at before we post because we've got a lot of stuff coming in and actually uh, more people have been going on our website over the last week than ever before. So everybody's bored. We want to provide you with content. It's one of the things we're trying to do on this podcast as well. Also check out our YouTube channel. Lots of new stuff coming on there this week. Some original shows, personal commentaries, keep it light at times. And again, try to give you guys some content while we are not posting locker room videos because there's no locker rooms to cover. Also, We've got new sponsors in the network, and I want to tell you about this because we definitely want to work with the community. We feel we're part of the community. We're by Miami. We're for Miami here, and that's not just Miami, but of course, all of South Florida. So we want to work with local businesses. So we have slashed our ad rates. We've slashed our ad rates. We're basically now charging less than half of what industry rate is per download. So we want to get you in with us. We want to promote you. And you help us. And I think it's mutually beneficial. And obviously, we've got nothing to do but provide content. And we want to make sure everybody's business gets through this crisis. So one of our new businesses, it's actually someone that I've known for quite a while, does a great job. His name is Alan Levin. And he runs Smarty Pants Marketing, which is a South Florida-based digital marketing agency. Most marketing companies are going to be quick to sell you a tool or a specific marketing service because they don't know how to help you build a strategy. But Smarty Pants Marketing, their goal Alan's goal is to develop a complete marketing strategy for every aspect of the customer's buying journey. They've got a 90-day growth accelerator program, which will set your business apart or your personal brand apart from your competition, increase your sales, and provide you a marketing strategy plan that guarantees growth. To find out more, visit www.smartypantsmarketing.com. Now, the pants, there's a Z at the end. It's not an S. So, it's S-M-A-R-T-Y-P-A-N-T-Z marketing.com or call, if this is easier, 954-LOCAL-406-7160. That's 954-406-7160 or email Alan, that's A-L-L-E-N at smartypants with a Z, marketing.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. Alex Toledo is with me. Alphonse Sydney will join us uh, at some point here, maybe in the next day or so. We're going to be pumping out a bunch of shorter episodes. We just want to give you content. If we can fill 20 minutes of your day with some NBA and other conversation, we think we've done our job for that day. So we're going to try to do that as we go forward. So Alex, this is our task today. We're going to pretend the NBA season is over. <laughs> I know nobody wants to hear that. Pretend? Uh, pretend well, 
It's not pretending. I think it probably is over. Um, Jamal Murray is is currently providing the entertainment. Check out that. Uh, oh, that, come on. Check out that Twitter feed. Uh, but oh. <laughs> or don't. Uh, but Bam keeps Bam Adebayo keeps tweeting Act. out different different memes. Um, you know uh, of how sad he is. Uh, you know, it, it seems like every day some other NBA player is, is telling you how how upset they are. There's no NBA. And we did a, a couple of episodes on this. I did one with Jeff Zilgit of USA Today, breaking down Adam Silver's comments. And we've talked to Rohan Nadkarni from Sports Illustrated. And we've done our own episode on it and, and kind of where this is going and what the plan is. And the reality is nobody really knows. I mean, you know, I was out today. I will tell you in, in South Florida and Fort Lauderdale, I'm trying to stay in as much as possible. I had to make uh, one run out for something today. And I can tell you the only things that are open – are Publix's, Dollar Trees, and sex shops in Fort Lauderdale. That's it. Don't forget the pharmacies. And the pharmacies, which if you go to the sex shop, you might need the pharmacy. I don't know, but that, I, I, I didn't understand this. I'm, I'm driving down Federal Highway. I live in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm right near um, – if you, if you kind of know where the, the pier is – not the pier, where the port is, right, where a lot of the cruise ships would typically be leaving from right here in Fort Lauderdale. I'm right near there. I'm a block south of Las Olas, basically. Mm-hmm. And so my apartment complex sort of spills out onto Federal Highway. And if you go down Federal Highway, it's a ghost town except for the Publix, the Dollar Tree, and the sex shops. That's it. That's all well, that's open right now. Uh, yesterday, I actually, like, the, the days have been so nice recently. I wonder if it's mm-hmm. just, like, human pollution just isn't there anymore. Everything's cleared up. But uh, the weather has just been beautiful. And yesterday, I, I, like, I just needed to get out of the house. And I just went and drove around Miami. You got to, like... I'm somebody who's been working the nightlife shift of Miami for three years now. I'm very used to just being out there in the city. I literally just went out there and just went, you know what, for a drive, enjoy the weather. A, a lot of people were out there by the water, in the water. People were biking. So I think just to, you know, some of the more, the more people with means who live next to the water over there. <laughs> well, that's kind of living life a little bit, but everything is closed. People are well, at least that- making an effort now. That, that's true. I, I will say, yeah, you're right. I mean, I've seen more people on bicycles than I've ever seen before, and, which is kind of nice, actually. Like you said, it does seem yeah. like there's less pollution you can get around. It's not like there's really anywhere to go, except although, although for some reason our governor has not done what other governors have done and, and shut down beaches, for instance, and, you know, what we, you know, what, what happened at spring break. By the way, I want to address this before we get to bat. And we are going to talk basketball. But you are not a millennial, correct? Could we establish no, so- this? Apparently, uh, you know, Gen Z is 1995 and younger. And I was born February 96. So I'm apparently a Zoomer, as they like to call it. But this is your fault. Like, this, see, why are the millennials? Because, well, no, because most, our network is filled with millennials. Like, when we came in, there were a lot of Gen Xers, a lot, my peers, and a lot of them are not in the network anymore. We've got a few. <laughs> Josh Darrow's in, in there. We've got, we've got a handful. Alex, I think Alex Dono might be... Uh, might be Gen X. So we, we have enough. Okay. I think Alf qualifies as Gen X, right? Cause he's late thirties. Late millennial. If I remember correctly. Late millennial. Okay. He's last he's of the millennials. Last of the millennials. Which is crazy. <laughs> right. But so, okay. And I'm, I'm clearly Gen X. I am not a boomer. Do not call me a boomer. I'm Gen X. All right. I'm 73, but not years old. Year I was born. But, okay. But the millennials are getting blamed for the shit you people are doing. You realize that like, because we have a lot of millennials in the network and they're pissed off because every time you see one of these beaches, oh, the millennials, that's not the millennials. Oh, right. so that's not the millennials. These, these are people who just basically got, got the right to drink, essentially. So, they're not millennials. Let's be fair about the situation. I think the only reason it's come to this point is because of the timing and nothing else, right? As, because the U.S. has been so far behind, 
like Italy and South Korea. I don't even remember, you know, whatever. They went through it earlier, right? We're going through it later. And we're going through it right now as spring break is happening. You know, like people are coming over here. They have trips planned for months and months and months. They're like 20 years old coming over here from Michigan or wherever the hell to, to come out here, be in the weather and drink and get crazy drunk with their friends. And it's like, I almost can't blame them. And I, and I do blame them. You know, like they're, they're, no, you they're can blame them. Alex, come on. Yes, I am blaming them. I'm just saying that like, it's just terrible timing at the same time. Like these people are already here as all of this started like really turning serious. So right, I'm, but the I'm, flights were not, sh- okay. The, the airlines had not been shut down. They could have gotten that's what I'm saying. It's here. a product of, of, of like the whole country kind of just, being delayed on, on their reaction to it and not really shutting shit down, wanting to keep everything as business as usual. No, I understand. But and, and uh, you so know people are to blame, but the system, you know, my thoughts on the system and the president. So I'm not going to do that here. And I it's not even that. a political thing. It's I, just, know, I, I know that I said that on light skinned opinions, but this is to me, this is not about uh, my, my point is stuff wasn't shut down yet. They could have gone home. Like that, like they, yeah. they, they stayed here to infect us, essentially your generation. And so I, I sound like there's like the old man barking at cloud right now, but here, like all that money was already put in. It's like, it's expensive, man. To go and rent out a place in Miami beach or downtown. Like I, that doesn't mean you need to kill us. Like I, that's years old. Like they're kids, like blaming it on them. Just kind of, uh, they're absolutely doing bad, but it doesn't feel like, you know, they're the brunt of the problem here. Uh, you could also, I mean, there's been plenty of like, uh, there's been plenty of boomers out there just kind of like, I know uh, plenty of people in Miami that are older just kind of are not really taking it seriously, man. Well, why, that, there's a different reason for that. Or they right? weren't. So they, no, they weren't. There's two reasons. Okay. So there's the, there's your generation. See, this is why to me, I, I'm going to exclude my generation, Gen X and the millennials from a lot of, and Gen Y, I guess, from a lot of uh, the fault here. I'm not saying all of it, obviously. Okay, you can't make a blanket statement. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of move them all to the side because to me, the most default parties are your generation and the boomers. And your generation is because all of you don't give a fuck, okay, which is fine. I was the same when I was that age. All right, but, the, but the second, and, and now I become that again in, later in life, uh, <laughs> and, as you can tell. But then, and the, and the boomers' problem is they voted for Trump. So, so to me, and, and they look, and they watch Fox news. And so they, when you're talking about them not taking it seriously, it's because he didn't take it seriously because he wanted to get reelected and didn't want the case numbers to go up and didn't plan. And that's, that's one of the reasons we are where we are. And now he's blaming China for everything so that he has a scapegoat again. But those are two totally different reasons why people did not take it seriously. So I agree with you. The two most default generations are your generation and old man yelling at cloud. Those two generations, old man yelling at Fox News, Sean Hannity. Even then, I'm kind of not even with the whole thing of like blaming a generation on this. I think this is such a weird, like uh, unprecedented problem. And just everybody from every industry has kind of like taken too long to shut everything down. Right. And the fact that it was never mandated, like just trying to get the problem solved, getting, getting, you know, getting everybody in a quick little national lockdown for two weeks. (laughs) You know, all of this is taking forever to happen. And right, like this is a great. Well, well I'm, I'm looking at our far. thread. You know, uh, we have this. Uh, we have this thread here, our kids' table thread on on Five Reasons Sports DMs accounts. I mean, we have 50 people on each of these threads. Okay, this goes on all day long. Like we're we're not out of business, right? I mean, we were never in business, but we're out. We're not out of business. So CK, our friend from Three Yards Per Carry, Chris Kaufman, uh, CK Parrot, just tweeted out the latest update. 13,958 new cases and 94 new deaths in the United States. 
So that's the latest update. Yeah. Anyway, that's real positive. We're going to talk about another sponsor. Then we're going to get to the heat stuff. I want to tell you about the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You want to sue the millennials? You want to sue Jed Z? Call the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm or better yet, check out the website, onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com. They handle just about any kind of case, whether it's immigration, accident, slip and fall, just about anything. Again, they, they got in a couple of my driving tickets uh, tossed out and they've got great people there and they are working. They're working remotely right now. If you call down to the office, uh, you go to onecalllegal.com is actually the best way to start this and you'll find everything you need there. All the numbers, um, all the email addresses, everything. And they have somebody working remote who can help start your case. And when they come back to the office, which will be eventually, we'll be working down there too. Hopefully if this thing ever ends, they're right there in North Miami, right off the Golden Glades, or right before the Golden Glades, right off of I-95. So it's a Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, onecalllegal.com. All right, I'm going to stop blaming you. Let's get to basketball. If the heat season is over, we're going to do this. The five things, the five things that, that are most upsetting about that. And again, I, this doesn't compare to what's going on in the world, Okay. But just from a strictly not NBA, but strictly a Miami Heat perspective, is this season is over, the five things that are most upsetting, I will start. Okay. Number one to me is I just wanted to see these kids in a playoff atmosphere. Uh, yep. To me, to me, right, that to me, that's what this season became about was could once you knew he was coming back, could Tyler Hero, could Kendrick Nunn, could Duncan Robinson, and to a certain degree, could Bam out of bio because there's a bigger step that needed to happen there. Could they maintain their level of play in the postseason? It's not necessarily about elevating your level of play, although we obviously saw Dwayne Wade do that early in his career, but it's just about can you maintain it? Can you go through you know, the, the, the ups and downs? And people forget, like I always talk about this, that – Check out Dwayne's stats in his first ever playoff game. I think he shot three of 16 from the field. All anybody remembers about that series is the late three he made in one game against New Orleans. And then the, uh, and then the runner in the lane to win game set to win, uh, to win, to win game one, the first one, uh, not game one. I'm sorry. Game seven, right? That's all anybody remembers. They don't remember him struggling because he got through it. He pushed through it. And then he played even better at times in the Indiana series, which was a second round series. And everybody remembers the Jermaine O'Neal dunk that he had in that one. So to me, that is the shame of this is we saw Kendrick Nunn struggle at times and then improve his play after that. We've seen Duncan Robinson make himself invaluable as the season has gone on. We saw Tyler Hero play big in those big moments. We've seen Bam Adebayo take the step to all-star. I wanted to see if it could be sustained. If there's no playoffs, we're not going to see it. Yeah, that's a, I 100% agree with you. That was my first thing too. I really wanted to see, you know, it's very important, like you said, for the, the young guys to get those playoff reps. I think getting them in that simulation of that environment was going to be helpful going forward. I think it was going to be, you know, a lot of what their sales pitch going forward hinges on those guys, right? And being able to surround Jimmy with that whole young core, Bam, Hero, Duncan, Nunn, et cetera. And just their shooting. You wanted to see the shooting in the playoffs. You, you, you wanted to see how it played out, right? And you wanted to be able to sell yourself to these other free agents. Yeah, look, look what we've got going on here. And then, you know, like, that's, that's, a, that's a shame, right? Like, we, we wanted to see what this team looked like in the playoffs. And it was going to be beneficial for everybody involved. And yeah, maybe no we doubt. still do get the playoffs, right? But we might, but unlike- we're assuming right now we don't. So that's the thing. Like we might, and hopefully we do. And that's why I said like, there should be no complaints. If the NBA comes back this season in any capacity with fans, without fans, we, I, you know, with a regular season, not with the regular season, by the way, 
I know we do this on the show sometimes, but I need to call out ESPN. Not that they saw our thing, because of course we're just piddly little five reason sports network. But you saw what Stephen A reported on first take this week. Did you see what are you it? Referring to? That the NBA had plans to salvage the regular season with a few games because they needed to satisfy TV requirements. Oh, of course. I'm not surprised at that at all. Like, they want money. <laughs> no, no. But are you surprised that I reported that on Twitter, on the pod, and on video a week before Stephen A did? Are we? Oh, no. I mean. Yeah. Anyway, not that Stephen A saw it. But I'm just saying <laughs> we've known that. If you've been listening to Five on the Floor, you've known that. They need to play a certain number of regular season games to satisfy TV. So they will come back with some kind of a regular season. It's not going to be up to 82 but I think they'll get up to 70 again if there are games. But we're assuming now there's nothing happening. All right, so that's number one. Uh, the young players. To you, number two is? Well, to me, number two is absolutely, like if I had to put it individual, Bam, right? I wanted to see Bam in the playoffs. I was very excited to see what he would look like when the game slows down. And again, in that environment, I wanted to see what type of player he becomes because I think that's what ends up separating, you know, make the all-star from guys who are in that upper on the player. And a lot of what uh, what makes him so good, besides everything that I wanted to see how his playmaking would look in the playoffs, I wanted to see how his scoring would look in the playoffs. Like, I already trust his defense to be elite, right? Uh, I wanted to see how the mid-range shot held up in the playoffs. Just, like, how much could he really, like, uh, you know, make the right decisions at the right times? I was very excited to see what Bam looked like in the playoffs. Yeah, me too. And there's a difference between, we've talked about it, between a starter and a star and between a star and a superstar. And I think Bam made the first jump. And the playoffs is where you start to make the second jump. And like I said, it is the same as it was with Dwayne or, or with any of these other guys. There's a progression that players go through. I remember when Dame Lillard went through it. Okay, when all, You know when a guy is becoming an all-star. It's, it's in the playoffs that they start to make that statement. And I, I do think the playoff basketball is perfectly suited for him. You know, this idea of being able to switch on everybody. He creates matchup issues for everyone on the defensive end. And then offensively, I think he was going to be put in a position where he had to do some things he's not as comfortable doing. And I think that's where the breakthrough for him is going to come. We yeah. saw it in, in, you know, and we've talked about the jumper, but we saw it in the game The Jimmy went out. I can't remember who they played, where they squandered that big lead, but they always oh, a Washington, right? Late, right before the, the break here. And it, Bam was the only guy left on the court. And it's like, oh shit, I got to do this. That's, I think a position he might have been in at certain times in the postseason. And so I wanted to see it also. All right, number three here. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I'm gonna go with this one. Uh, 
I wanted to I wanted to see what, what a Jimmy led team looked like in the postseason because when I've talked to people around him, they're like, "Stop worrying about." The, now we can argue whether this is right or not, but they kept saying, "Stop worrying about the shooting. Stop worrying about the day to day with him. Give Jimmy two weeks to really dissect an opponent." Use his intelligence and his competitiveness to dissect an opponent in the playoffs. You're going to get the best Jimmy. And we saw that last year. We saw that in the postseason where there was no question who the Sixers' best player was. It wasn't Simmons. It wasn't Embiid. It was Jimmy. I think there was another level of Jimmy. I know we talked about the concerns with Jimmy, about you know the you know what happens when teams weren't fouling him as much, and so he was going to have to rely on the jumper. But I just think he would have found a way and I think in some ways he would have dragged this team along with him. And the idea of him kind of being an underdog still, like if they'd gotten through a first-round series, let's I mean, for obviously Philly, he would have been jacked up. But like if they got through a first-round series against Indiana, which, by the way, not a huge fan of TJ Warren, so that would have been fun. And then make him an underdog against Giannis's team in the second round and see how that looks because – uh, you know, I, I think that that's something he would have really sort of taken hold of that responsibility. So I'm disappointed. If it doesn't happen, I'm disappointed. We don't get to see what the playoffs look with Jimmy. And I also think, you know, we can talk about how Bam has surpassed him in some ways as the Heat's most important player. And Jimmy has said that too. But ultimately, look, Jimmy was the star that turned this thing around by coming down here. And we've talked about, can he be a co-lead star with someone or with a couple other players? We were going to see that in the postseason. And we're also going to see what he could not provide. So you would have to see what kind of a player do they need? Do they need a Giannis? I mean, everybody needs a Giannis. But do they really need a Bradley Beal? Do they need a Drew Holiday? Do they need a Victor Oladipo? What kind of – do they need a Kyle Lowry, who I know Jimmy's a big fan of? Like, what is – what kind of a player do they need with him? We're going to find that out in the postseason. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right about Jimmy, right? Like, even if we can make the argument that maybe Bam has surpa- uh, surpassed him in just general impact on the floor, I don't think Bam gets to the level that he's at right now, like this rapidly without Jimmy there doing everything he does. And it's not just to say, like, yes, obviously it's even way worse when you subtract Jimmy, but it's like, I don't think a lot of other guys who just, you know, who can score and play make like Jimmy are just making Bam get to this level. I think they. You know, the, the fact that they're both like just natural defenders, natural underdogs, uh, not, not the same background, but as far as basketball players, they've both been underdogs all their life. I think they're both great two-way guys, like I said, and uh, they've both been extremely beneficial towards each other, I think. And, and, and the thing also with like Jimmy in the playoffs, man, like you said, we saw it last year, even in a team that really made no sense on the floor basketball-wise sometimes, but, you know, having Butler, Simmons, and Embiid out there, still almost beat the Raptors. Took him to the last mm-hmm. shot in Game Seven on a team that ended up winning the title, and that I think is going to end up being underrated in NBA history. That Raptors team, but mm-hmm. uh, that's how good the Sixers were w- with their defense, and Jimmy was just on offense because it was like Embiid was so up and down all series. I think Jimmy was the calming force, and I think that was going to be the overriding theme in this playoffs too. I think the doubts with him from us really mostly came from like having to kind of carry the team offensively because the rest of the team is kind of unproven on that. And there are a lot of rookies and a lot of guys who maybe can't do it like that anymore, like go on as far as creating for themselves offensively. So I think it had less to do with Jimmy. I think we know that Jimmy is not in that LeBron KD level. I think it has more to do with the rest of the roster. Not having another creator like that and less about Jimmy. We know that Jimmy's going to give you in the playoffs and he's going to be mm. very, very good for you. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And, and I think the other thing that would have really benefited Jimmy is, and I think it, it's one of the reasons he was so effective in the playoffs last year is because you got more time in the playoffs. You have more days off in between. Now, I don't know that that, if they play the playoffs now, I don't think that's the case. So they're going to have to compress it. But what you typically would have would have been the two weeks for the first round. I mean, you're talking sometimes two full days off without a game. It's a totally different experience. And so I think he, I think he would have been really well positioned. Now, again, would he have proven he's a true number one on a championship contender? No, probably not. But I think what he would have proven was he's definitely part of that top-end ensemble that you want on a team. And I think he would have pushed Bam to get to his level. So that's unfortunate. What do you have for number four? Honestly, for number four, man, I will have to go again with the individual stuff with Duncan Robinson. Uh, I was already so sure. And this is a guy who's basically in his rookie season in the NBA, right? Like he played last year very, like very sparringly uh, and was just not a good shooter in the NBA last year. We knew he could shoot and that it really wasn't that he was a bad shooter, but he's turned, he's made this turn this year into probably the best shooter in the NBA this year with Curry and Thompson out all season. And I was already so sure that it wasn't going to fall off in the playoffs. Even if it were to fall off like three, four or five percentage points, I think Duncan Robinson is going to be a weapon for years to come with, you know, that skill that he has already of coming off handoffs and screens and just being able to fire at will, you know, no wasted motion, like JJ Reddick said. Uh, and basically like Duncan Robinson is an elite level weapon at this point already, I think because of what, how he can leverage his shooting, the different ways he can get to a shot. And I really wanted to see how it looked in the playoffs. Like it's been a while since the Heat have had a weapon like that. And Wayne, Wayne Ellington was the last one, but Wayne Ellington didn't do what he did with the Heat in his first season in the NBA, basically. Mm-hmm. And this guy is also like the size of a wing, as opposed to Wayne Ellington, who was older and, and smaller. So I was excited to see what Duncan looked like, just firing those. Like he was going to win you games by himself. When he has like the ability to put up seven. Uh, three-pointers in a game as frequently as he does, like he's going to win you games by himself. But the issue with it was, and the other reason I wanted to see it was because you mentioned Wayne Ellington. Right. Wayne Ellington became unplayable for them in the playoffs. And that that was my question was, was Duncan Robinson going to be playable? Now, there's some metrics you can look at. And our friend uh, Simon uh, Sperling, well, it goes by Simon Smith on Twitter, has put out a bunch of stuff about, he's like a Duncan Robinson encyclopedia. And he's put out a bunch of stuff about how Duncan was actually playing at a very high level defensively. I think the eye test would tell you something different. And how is, how is he going to get officiated in the playoffs also? That was the other question. So I, I think in a lot of ways, it was going to be sort of an early career referendum on him. Like, is he, is he a, a nice ensemble piece or is he a, like a core frontline piece for you? And, and I think the playoffs were going to determine that in a lot of ways. All right, for number five, we're going to have to split this because there's two we haven't mentioned and I, I don't, I'm surprised neither of us has gotten to them. I think, well, because you and I kind of covered uh, – the, the young guys a bunch, but the, the, the two things I, I wanted to get to, I mean, one is more sentimental and the other one is more transactional. All right. Okay. The, 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 the transaction. Right. Right. I, I mean, the transactional is like, are they going to regret the justice Winslow trade now? Because yeah. they, they, they never got to see it, what it looked like now. I mean, with Iguodala and Crowder. And, and I think some of that depends on whether Crowder resigns. And he said on our podcast, they told Barry Jackson, he wants to resign. And, and, you know, but we've, we've done a whole other podcast about how they make that work and using the bird rights and everything else, uh, you know, but there were really two goals to that trade. I mean, well, there are three goals. One was, and this wasn't the primary, but to send justice to a place he was going to be happier because he wasn't happy. 
this, that was one thing. We can't look past that, right? If he wasn't, it's not kind of like the Mika Fitzpatrick thing. Like everybody talks about Mika Fitzpatrick, what he did in Pittsburgh. And I hated the, the Dolphins trade of Mika Fitzpatrick, hated it. Okay. To me, you make him try to fit in the system. Uh, and, and Mink has since proven that it really wasn't about him not wanting to play other positions. He just didn't want to go through a rebuild. So I would have held on to Mink Fitzpatrick. But the point is, and a lot of Dolphin fans said, well, if he didn't want to be here, he didn't want to be here. Well, Justice had become that, okay, behind the scenes. He'd become that. He, they just didn't feel he wanted to be here. And they f- felt in some of his comments afterwards on Twitter that they were kind of justified because Justice is not a bad guy, but, like, it's just he was not happy here, right? So, um, you know, so basically, uh, you know, that's kind of what Iguodala and Crowder look like. Right. You want to see what they look like. And they just gave Iguodala 15 million for next year. And so, you know, I know they had to do it to make the deal work. But I mean, you'd rather Jay Crowder have that money, to be honest, or, you know, or at least most of it. OK, so I had a feeling the other thing you were going to say was about was maybe about Udonis Haslam. Yes. So that's okay. the other one. So 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 the first one is, are you going to regret uh are are you going to regret the the trade because you're going to say you should have just held that? Now again, nobody can can knew that a global band pandemic that the government wasn't going to be prepared for was coming, right? Like, I, I, how do you know that? It's it's like this guy Jim Nagy or CK Parrot again, kind of pissed off because Nagy runs the Senior Bowl and he was tweeting about how all these NFL players should have gone to all the combine stuff and everything else because the personal workouts are never going to happen. And I'm like, this isn't a snowstorm. Like, this isn't like something you could have expected. Like, okay, there's something that happens, okay? Or, I mean, this is, this is a global pandemic that's never happened before, okay? At least since 1918, all right? We're, we're going on 100 years. So I, I don't, I'm never going to blame the Heat for making a trade that didn't end up working out because it was reliant upon uh, what you were going to get from the playoffs. But I think it's disappointing. The other thing is UD. The sentimental thing is UD. Like, I, I, he may play again for another season. And Heat fans are going to be irritated about that, like our Nikias Duncan and like Harry and others who are like, why are you giving him a roster spot? But I at least wanted him to have one more baseline jumper attempt or one more time to get cheered by the fans when he got on the floor. Yeah, I would kill for another UD dunk. Right, one more, right? Like one more, like something. And then he just and, does like like hangs off the the rim or something in the game, something like that. So I mean, that's okay. You know, I just thought of another maybe unintended consequence here from everything happening that might really affect the Heat and their plans. So maybe the even bigger reason they made that trade, other than getting two playoff defensive bodies with you know playoff experience was the cap flexibility this summer. That was the biggest difference, right? They're going to have mm-hmm. more cap space in 2021. But, but more than that, they're going to have a ton of room or at least a lot more room this summer that they weren't gonna, supposed to have any. All of a sudden, when is free agency going to happen, right? right. Like when, So Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent. They didn't finish the season with the Lakers. They could have been you know, maybe the favorites. Mm-hmm. The, like uh, you also talk about Giannis is only going to have one year now. If let's say everything gets canceled, he's only going to have one year now. Well, that affects the heat the in a finals. positive way. Well, I think the yeah. AD thing affects the heat in a negative way. Cause AD is not leaving the Lakers. The other negative business. The other negative was this summer that like Anthony Davis is this summer. The other negative is that since we don't know when free agency would happen, would they be able to even like do anything with that money that they opened up? Uh, what's going to happen well, with but the you, guys? You, you, you're missing. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're missing the big, the biggest, the biggest thing is is the money. Like the money. I mean, the salary yep. cap is gonna, the salary cap is gonna tank. Uh, they, I mean, it already took the hit from the China stuff, uh, the other China stuff, with the the comments uh, that Daryl Morey made and and all the losses in China that they've taken. But now you have this, 
I mean, we've talked about 25% or more of the NBA's revenue comes from the playoffs. And that doesn't even include the last quarter of the regular season. You're talking about 35%, maybe 40% of, of NBA revenue was just eliminated potentially. So that money, like that comes from, you know, that money that you're referring to now. So you think that the the hit that they're going to take from potentially not airing the playoffs is going to affect the cap right away? Or do you yeah. think that's something that's already been – like, I don't – I'm asking because out of curiosity because I think, you know I, – I, I have to look at when they – I, I, I have to look at when they set this, okay? And maybe, maybe it doesn't hit for one more year. I know well, we should take a look at it and have an answer on the next pod. Uh, I'll take a look at when they set this. But it, uh, if it's set now, it can't be good. I mean, I mean there's, no, there's no revenue coming. I, I think the positives, like you said, I think the, the only positive may be that the Bucks are going to turn into the 1994 Montreal Expos and, and never win a championship that they, they could have won. And so I do think that potentially affects Giannis, although he may feel even that one more year, if he does have one more year, is not enough time to Milwaukee and it might make him more, you know, plus he's going to be living up there. He's going to be seeing, or I, I, I guess he lives there part of time, but he's going to be seeing kind of what people are going through. He's not going to want to leave the community. I mean, this from a sentimental perspective is going to change a lot of stuff. You mentioned AD. There's no way AD leaves LA now. If they don't finish this season, like he's going to leave after not playing a playoff series with LeBron. No, and they that's not, so, so much like great momentum too. Like that's not happening on the up and up there. No, I, I think I think people have said there's going to be more change. I actually think there'll be less player movement. I think a lot of these players are going to feel sort of, particularly if they have owners who did the right thing. And other, I, I think that they're going to feel more indebted to their communities. And I, I think that they're going to stay. I, I don't think that's where we're headed. I think we're headed towards a place where uh, a lot of things that we thought were going to happen are going to be put on hold. And, and that's the thing. It's And this is not just the Heat organization that's affected by this. It's every, but the Heat organization has been affected by this more than most over the years, whether it was the Bosch thing or the Zoe thing, where you can plan. I think Riley's talked about that. You can plan and plan and plan and plan and plan, right? Andy's talked about this too. But like, then things happen that you just don't anticipate. Now, this one happens to affect everybody, okay? But the Heat have had some things that have just affected them. And, you know, you can't anticipate when, 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 uh, when Riley goes out. Into and, and rips up the, the late 90s team, finally, okay, after losing the Knicks three straight years and, and rips them up, okay? PJ and Mash go, he brings in Eddie Jones and Mason and Brian Grant, and he puts a new team around Hardaway and Morning, and then we're at FAU one day for training camp in October, and Zoe's not there because <laughs> he took a physical when he came back from the Olympics. Like, that affects everything. Or when you make a trade for Goran Dragic to get the piece that's going to get you sort of back in contention after LeBron leaves, and then and which was another unexpected thing, although for that one, they're somewhat to blame. But for this one, they weren't. Chris Bosh, the exact same day, gets sick, right? Like, I, <laughs> this is stuff you can plan and plan and plan. And so the good organizations like the Heat have the ability to get up after this stuff. But there's probably stuff on the spreadsheets, all right, between – Adam and Andy and Nick and, and Pat and Chet and Eric and everybody else in the organization and Mickey and Shane and how many people they have. Zoe. Okay. All their whole front office. Right. Mm-hmm. And Keith Askins, everybody else. And th- there's probably stuff on those spreadsheets that has been thrown out. It, it's just not going to happen. Like, and, and now there may be other things that materialize, but there are things that are definitely going to get thrown out. And, and I think, so I want to throw this out to fans. We've talked about having a fan segment on here, by the way, I have an allergy. Okay. I'm not sick. Um, 
We have a, I have to say this all the time because if people listen to the podcast, they know something. Like, have oh. you gotten any better? Like, have you refined your skills at like uh, the, the subtleties <laughs> with the cough? I, I'm trying. Like, I'm I found try. myself getting better, like not touching my face, like just naturally. I, from having I, to do I, I do that all the time. I was on when I was on SVN uh, TV a week and a half ago, and people were telling me they were texting me while they were watching the segment because I taped it earlier. Said so you're touching your face. I, I do that all the time. I, I got to stop that. But so we got this new segment called. Uh, you, you've got the floor. And, and so this is for fans. So we're going to do this here, okay? This is two-pronged, all right? You got to do two things. You've got to go to our store, and, which is fivereasonsports.com. Use the code MISSSPORTS. There's three S's in the middle. MISSSPORTS5. Buy a heat shirt, which is 15% off with that code. So you get a reasonable price. It'll be to you within a week, all right? Once you get the shirt, tag us on social media, all right? And the first person to tag us with a new shirt, and I'll know, by the way, because we see who orders them. The first person to tag us with a new shirt can come on the next show and say the thing that they're going to, uh, they can spend some time with us on, on, an, on an upcoming podcast telling us the thing they'll miss most uh, or the biggest regret about the heat season being put off, all right? So we got the rules on that? We clear on that? All right, so that's what we're going to do. FiveReasonsports.com, Miss Sports 5, buy a Heat t-shirt, tag us on Twitter, and the first one to do that can appear on the show. All right? All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks to all of our new sponsors. We're going to start introducing you to them on future episodes. Like I said, check out Smarty Pants Marketing, a Z at the end of that, SmartyPantsMarketing.com. When we come out of this thing, everybody's going to need to get their business name out. So why not start it now? Let people know you're still in business, right? You definitely want to work with somebody who has uh, skills in the digital area, whether it's us or, again, whether it's one of our sponsors who specializes in that. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.